All right, y'all, welcome to the Scott Horton Show. I'm the director of the Libertarian Institute, editorial director of Antiwar.com, author of the book Fool's Errand, Time to End the War in Afghanistan, and the brand new Enough Already, Time to End the War on Terrorism. And I've recorded more than 5,500 interviews since 2003, almost all on foreign policy and all available for you at scotthorton.org. You can sign up for the podcast feed there. And the full interview archive is also available at youtube.com slash Scott Horton Show. All right, you guys, on the line, I've got Kit Clarenberg again. He is an investigative journalist and contributor at Mint Press News. And uh, previously, he's written for The Cradle, Declassified UK, and The Gray Zone. And here he is at Mint Press News with Dare Call It a Coup, CIA Front threatens color revolution in georgia welcome back to the show kit how you doing yeah well thanks scott well great uh happy to have you back on the show here so um we uh talked with dan mcadams last friday about this but you've developed the story a little bit further and i think this is a really important one for people to keep track of i was asked about mm. this actually on um oann on um on a TV last Friday, and I took a moment to clarify for the audience. We're talking about former Soviet Georgia in the Southern Caucasus Mountains between the Black Sea and the Caspian Sea, because it's actually true. I've heard, um, you know, anecdotes like this, that when we talk about Georgia, a lot of times people think you're talking about the state between Florida and South Carolina. And particularly one anecdote I heard was that when Russia, you know, counterattacked, against Georgia in August of 2008, that people thought Russia was invading Georgia. That was what TV said. And our Georgia is the only Georgia a lot of Americans have ever heard of in their life. So instead, we're talking about 8,000 miles away from here. It couldn't possibly be in the interests of anyone listening to this, but it absolutely is in the interests of our government to intervene over there. So why don't we start with that? Since the American people don't, why, Kit, does the U.S. government care who's in charge of former Soviet Georgia? Okay, I mean, it's, 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 interesting, it's, it's interesting what you just said, because I, I was at university when the, uh, the war between Russia and Georgia happened, and I had several American friends who were, yes, convinced that Russia had invaded the US and were urgently phoning home to make sure everyone was okay. But I mean, so, the, I mean, uh, Georgia is a very small country. It's a population of less than 4 million um, uh, estimates per area of its size. But it, it, this was a fundamental part of the Soviet Union for, you know, the best part of a century. Um, you know, Stalin was originally from there. Um, and uh, in effect, um, the um, in the wake of the well, the, you know, the kind of the end of the Cold War, uh, it it became to be led by an individual called uh, uh, Edward Shevardnadze. You know, as, as it was independent. Now he was a longtime Soviet uh, apparatchik and had uh, served as the, the kind of the Soviet commissar for, uh, the, for Georgia for many years. But he was also in many ways the West guy. So he had been um, heavily involved in Mikhail Gorbachev's uh, you know, ref end of Soviet Union reform program. But I mean, and, and had effectively ended the Soviet empire as it existed in um, Europe. He had withdrawn Red Army uh, tr troops from the, the, the Warsaw Pact countries like Poland and Czech Czechoslovakia as it was then. Um, he had 
signed um, arms control treaties with, with with the US. He ended the Soviet war in Afghanistan. And he was on very friendly terms with James Baker, um, you know, somewhat ironically, given what would later transpire. He was in the meeting with Gorbachev and Baker, where Baker said that NATO would not expand in one inch eastwards. Um, and I say this is ironic, because when he came to power in 1992, um, he immediately, in, in Georgia, sorry, um, uh, he immediately set the country on a uh, on a program of kind of radical westernizing reform. So the economy was, was heavily privatized, which you know, greatly benefited European and American oligarchs. Uh, he was a um, uh, he, he he altered the law to allow foreign funded organisations to operate with pretty much total you know a total lack of oversight or restriction in terms of the in terms in terms of their activities and he um, also was pushing towards the end of the the uh, the twentieth century for EU and um, NATO membership for Georgia. Uh, so, um, but I mean, uh, in the midst of this, there was an individual called Mikhail Saakashvili, who he was a, uh, a, a lawyer who'd trained on a State Department scholarship uh, at Columbia, of all places. By the um, way, I'm sorry, he, I have to interrupt here sorry. to say it's the show's old friend, the other Scott Horton, who in the Bush years was absolutely heroic on torture issues and stuff like that, but is a severe anti-Russia hawk. He was Shakashvili's professor at Columbia. Oh, really? So when if anybody wow. ever reads that I taught Mikhail Shakashvili at college, I dropped out of ACC. That's the other Scott Horton. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> and yeah, no, in so fact, I, other Scott I, I, insists that Shakashvili started out as a good guy and was really just, you know, you mentioned his anti-corruption crackdown. You know, in a lot of places, an anti-corruption crackdown just means picking on your enemies. But apparently he really believed and, and, you know, had read some Mises and understood you can't have market capitalism with all this corruption in the state. You have to have real protection of property rights and things like this. And so he really tried at first to make things better. But then eventually, you know, he wasn't a businessman. He was a president. And so he did what all presidents do is do his very best to turn into a power mad warlord. And ended up going completely crazy and eating his tie on TV. Oh yes, I mean, but I think that, that Saakashvili always had a bit of that in him. And so, in in uh, in two thousand, George Soros visits Tbilisi, which is the, the capital of Georgia, um, and uh, he meet. This was at Shevardnadze's express invitation, um, and he was a guest at the presidential palace and all some stuff. And he opened he opened a. Um, a, 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 a Georgia division of Open Society Foundation. Now, on this trip, Soros also met, met with Saakashvili, who was at the time the government's um, uh, uh, justice minister. And um, uh, not long after Soros departs Georgia, um, suddenly Saakashvili becomes a you know, vociferous anti-government critic and quit um, his post and started up um, a party called National Movement, which then very quickly began receiving Western funding and Soros funding. And then so you fast forward to 2002, where all of these, these kind of Soros-funded opposition media outlets have been intensifying their anti-Shevardnadze coverage. And um, there's, the, there's an election in November uh, that year. It, it was ostensibly won by a coalition of pro-Shevardnadze parties, but some polling, which had been conducted, uh, been commissioned and conducted by the, the National Endowment for Democracy, uh, set, indicated that the result was actually very much in the opposition's favour. So there had been a falsification of the result. Now, this led to nationwide protests and this uh, student activist group called Kamara, 
um, was at the forefront of them, and they 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 bust all of these protesters into to Tbilisi to to uh, cause havoc outside the parliament building, and they they um, had a, a large TV screen and speakers broadcasting um, Soros funded media, and um, you know such was the uh, the fracas and also the the threat that this this you know peaceful protest would erupt into violence. Shevardnadze resigned. Now it was only subsequently that it was admitted that this was entirely the work of the NED. Now I mean just to get your list is up to speed. NED was founded in 1983 um, following a series of very embarrassing scandals for the CIA. And its express purpose was to do overtly what the CIA used to do covertly, which is fund opposition parties, uh, opposition media, activist groups, um, and other kind of anti-government elements in countries of of you know interest to the State Department, which is all of them, um, you know, pretty much, and uh, apart from maybe like Israel, and then and 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 there and then therefore create these kind of shadow armies of um, uh, regime change operatives who could be mobilized to stir up unrest if a government didn't act as Washington required. Now, um, it, I mean, at, by that point, it already NED had already pulled off a similar uh, ruse in in Serbia in 2000, where they had over where they they you know in, in used this exact blueprint. They funded a student group called Oppor and then trained them in 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 communication strategies and funded them to you know plaster Belgrade with anti Milosevic graffiti and posters and, and then this was you know all funded by the by the US and it started to be you know exported to the other 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 portions of the former Soviet sphere as it were but then yes yeah, so that you have the um election of Saakashvili in January 2014 and he you know further intensifies the western push of um of Georgia um and yes uh, it, it, it 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 seems did drastically increase the uh the country's gross domestic product and average incomes although um you know poverty remained you know quite high i think it was uh, you know about a quarter of the population um lived you know underneath the internationally recognized poverty line and so i mean in 2000 i mean he'd been you know a western darling throughout this in 2008 with the with us encouragement he started shelling um uh civilian areas of two there are two breakaway regions um on 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 the periphery of georgia uh, on its border with russia and it was abkhazia and um south ossetia and they uh, are populated by people who do not uh, identify as, as Georgian and their relationship ever since independence has been extremely strained. I mean, you know, Shevardnadze came to power uh, at a time when a, a brutal and bloody civil war was being fought by the, you know, kind of Georgia's rather rather puny and, and um, uh, armed forces versus uh, breakaway militias from these two regions. And so in 2008, he had the, the Saakashvili with, with direct US encouragement and, and the promise of kind of unconditional support if he did this, started shelling these areas. Now, um, Russia intervened and it was uh, an absolutely brutal routing. I mean, you know, like Russia is, it literally shares a border with, 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 with Georgia. It was very easy for them to invade. Uh, they had, you know, a much bigger, more powerful, better equipped armed forces. It was over in five days. I mean, even that led to, you know, the displacement of hundreds of thousands of people and, you know, hundreds or, or, or indeed thousands of deaths. Um, and then uh, it seems you know, Saakashvili very much fell out of favour with, with the Georgian public. It was revealed that, pre, that prisons would basically become these politicised hotbeds of rape where his rivals would get sent and then they would be you know, tortured um, you know, um, at, his, at his request. It was clear that he was having um, uh, his political rival, uh, rivals assassinated. This included you know, oligarchs who 
were in opposition to him. Um, and so in 2012, he lost fair and square despite support from, from NED. Uh, and, uh, and then he, you know, res- resigned and was, 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 was praised for his democratic principles by the US. But yeah, ever since then, a party called Georgian Dream has uh, led a coalition government. They're the biggest party. Now, they are um, attacked for being pro-Russian uh, by their detractors, which includes a lot of NED-funded groups, um, as it were. And also, I mean, the it's, uh, and we'll get into this later in more detail, it's very clear that the West really doesn't like them. But the, and they are, they, they, yeah, they are slammed as being, yes, pro-Russian, you know, in the pocket of Putin. The reality is that they are straddling a quite difficult tightrope between, on the one hand, pushing for greater integration with the West, while also, you know, a, a trying to maintain um, peaceful coexistence with Russia. Now, Russia is Georgia's second biggest trading partner in terms of imports and exports. Um, it has you know, significant, there, there are as a, a large amount of money flows from Russia back to Georgia in the form of remittances. They have, you know, they do much to the chagrin of much of the population, uh, I would imagine. Um, they do have close historical, cultural and other ties. So it doesn't make sense in that context for them to be enemies. Uh, in fact, actually, it's very much too. You know, we're seeing in Ukraine what happens when when Russia feels that its you know, security interests are being threatened. Um, you know, it, 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 it's just it's just a pragmatic approach. Now, they have come under enormous pressure since the war in Ukraine began um, to impose Russian sanctions, which you know overnight would destroy their economy. Um, you know, I mean, quite literally, it would just be you know there, there would there would be a, a, a deep and coherent financial crisis from which they would uh, you know not emerge, or at least you know sorry, never emerge, or at least you know not not anytime soon. Um, and so they've also been subject to enormous pressure, apparently directly from Kiev, uh, to send weapons to Ukraine and uh, open, uh, if not open, a dedicated second front um, in the war with Russia. Uh, and they have you know steadfastly refused, which has not gone down well in uh, you know with uh, Zelensky or, or or it seems the Biden White House now one has to wonder in this context whether they were pushing ahead with this it's called it, it's called an anti-NGO law or a, or a or a foreign agent um law but I mean really it's neither of those things what it would what it would um necessitate would be if if an organization receives over 20 percent of its income from outside Georgia, it would have to disclose that, and then they there would be an a, an accompanying label that they were a you know a foreign um, that they were a foreign agent of influence. But like, I mean, it's just you know, ba- you know basic disclosure, and it, and it would be you know the, the context in which they would have to disclose it would be limited, um, and you know this this effectively acts as a permit to operate. Now this triggered absolutely sorry. Uh, the, the, the one has to wonder whether the the government pursued this because they were worried about another rose revolution. Um, similar to the one that overthrew Edward Shevardnadze, coming to Tbilisi again, um, and so the, I mean, and you know, they they weren't wrong because, if so, because these incendiary protests which broke out in the second week of March, and you know, just got ever ever more incendiary. I mean, there were the you know, protesters burning things down, engaging in violent clashes with police. Um, daubing anti-Russian graffiti on every available surface, and and you know and and and, and on um, you know social media and in the news media in Georgia, there were all of these you know individuals and organisations very viciously condemning um, this proposed legislation. Um, all of them, pretty much, were in receipt 
of funding from NED, uh, which is a very, very striking feature. And you also have it during this time, uh, people like Samantha Power, that you know, notorious, uh, rather charmless warhawk, and um, Ned Price, the State Department spokesperson, who were in a, you know, pretty much directly threatening Georgian lawmakers, saying this law is in is contrary to the vision that we have for Georgia and to democratic values. And if you pass it, this will be, you know, this, that you will be personally responsible for destroying Georgia's Euro-Atlantic integration ambitions. And, you know, there was similar, there was a sim similar ululations and rhetoric about, you know, freedom and democracy and human rights issuing from these organizations that would be affected by this law, which is particularly uh, odd, given that a lot of them publish this information voluntarily anyway. Um, so, I, I mean, you know, typically in the modern day, when we hear, we when question, suggestions of foreign interference in un, uh, unrest in a in a in a country um abound or a government is overthrown or a, a president deposed uh yeah like suggestions that this was in some somehow orchestrated by the US empire one way or another uh are typically dismissed on the on the basis of appeals to the protesters individual agency and their legitimate grievances um it is completely inconceivable that people were so righteously concerned about this very minor legislative amendment that they would take to the streets like that. Like, I, I mean, it's just inconceivable to me. And I can't imagine, um, uh, you know, that uh, uh, this would be, the, the similar scenes would play out, yes, you know, in Israel, if the, you know, in, in, if the government passed a similar law, because NED doesn't operate there. You know, it, and so, in effect, the government was successfully bullied and pressured into backing down. I mean, again, they might have worried that the initial protest would lead to you know, attempts to uh, you know, overthrow the government. The the protesters were on the verge of, of entering uh, Georgia's parliament building, as happened in two thousand and three. Um, and I mean, I wrote in my article for Mint Press. I, I concluded this with you know a kind of very stark warning, which is that the threat of a NED sponsored color revolution in Tbilisi has not gone anywhere, um, and in fact will remain as long as NED operates on its soil. Um, you know. Fast forward to yesterday, and an, a, a publication called Georgia Today, uh, the former editor of, of which is, is now an NED fellow and also a Fox News anchor, um, interviewed a Lithuanian MEP who'd previously spoken at an NED-sponsored event at the European Parliament. Um, in, and, and he said uh, that, yes, that voters must choose between Georgian dream or EU membership. You can't have both. Um, and yes, uh, there, there, there are indications that uh, there are clashes between anti-EU um, elements and pro-EU elements on the streets of Tbilisi. So, I mean, particularly in the context of now, I mean, in, in the context of the Russia-Ukraine war, where even the mainstream media is beginning to admit that far from this epic, heroic, uh, miraculous David and Goliath success for Ukraine, this is actually a bloody quagmire. Um, they are losing and they're losing badly. And, uh, you know, they, the, the, the US is also kind of in a position where it needs to decide what it does next, whether it goes all in or it um, uh, withdraws its support for the proxy war. And there's you know, talk of, of NATO potentially helping Ukraine try to take Crimea. Um, in that context, opening a second front has probably never been more urgent. 
um, from the perspective of the Warhawks in Washington and, and London and other centres of imperial power. So, it, it, yeah, I mean, will we see a, 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 another attempted colour revolution in weeks to come? I mean, quite possibly, um, quite possibly. And, you know, the, the, the installation of a government that is willing to sanction Russia and indeed is willing to open a second front. Yeah, sorry, hang on just one second. Hey, y'all, Scott Horton here for Tennessee Hot Sauce Company. Man, this stuff is so good. They get all different flavors. Garlic habanero, honey habanero, pineapple habanero, poblano jalapeno, and the blood orange ghost. They're all so good, I swear. And for a limited time, Tennessee Hot Sauce Company is featuring official Scott Horton Hotter Than the Sun thermonuclear hot sauce. It's full of Carolina Reapers, Scorpion Peppers, Dr. Pepper, Hydrogen Isotopes, and all kinds of things that'll burn your tongue clean off. Seriously, it's really good. Get yourself a hot sauce subscription. Spend $40 or more and use promo code SCOTT to get a free bottle of Hotter Than The Sun hot sauce. That's tnhotsauceco.com. Hey, y'all gotta check out these awesome busts of our hero, the great Ron Paul. They're made by the renowned sculptor Rick Casali. They're 13 inches tall, hand-painted bronze resin based on Casale's brilliant original. Y'all may have seen mine in the background on my bookshelf in some recent interviews. The thing is unbelievable. Check out this incredible piece of art at rickcasale.com slash ronpaul, and you'll see what I mean. Use promo code Horton, and you'll save 25 bucks, and this show will get a little kickback, too. That's rickcasale.com slash ronpaul. Casale is C-A-S-A-L-I rickcasali.com slash Ron Paul. And there's free shipping too. Okay, so there's a lot there, but I mean, one of the main factors here is that the president who was elected with the support of this party, she happened to be in the United States at the time for International Women's Day or something like this, but she is very clearly supported by the United States. And so it's not really an attempt to overthrow her. It's just an attempt to overthrow or limit the power of the party that had helped support her rise to power, but that she's not necessarily obligated to. Isn't that right? Well, yeah. I mean, I think that the, the Georgian Georgian presidency is ever since Saakashvili left office because he, I mean, just again, like I mean, it, this is important to underline because this is so often a narrative in, um, you know, color rev, you know, US sponsored color revolutions. Shevardnadze was when the, U, when the US et al turned on him, transformed from, you know, a semi-autocratic post-Soviet um, uh, 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 leader to, you know, Hitler incarnate, right? Uh, when Saakashvili came to power, he he um, centred, you know, um, all power in his own hands. Like, actually, you know, Shevardnadze was... You know, was neither brutal nor was he, you know, a, 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 di a dictator in the in the in the authoritarian sense. Um, you know that he, he was, you know, far from perfect. But uh, um, you know, Saakashvili effectively turned Georgia into his own personal fiefdom. And ever since he left office, there have been efforts to greatly roll back the uh, power and, and competency of the president's office. Now, um, the, the, the Georgia's current president. She was handpicked by Saakashvili. She's 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 a fellow um, Columbia graduate um, to and uh, to serve as uh, foreign minister, I believe. And you know her background was she was born in France, lived there all her life, and then w w served as ambassador France's ambassador to um, 
uh, 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 Georgia, you're coming herself from a diplomatic background. Um, she doesn't speak Georgian very well. And indeed, it's a regular um, uh, subject of, uh, of ridicule in uh, the, the Georgian media that she can't speak Georgian very well and makes all sorts of verbal gaffes that make George Bush look p- positively articulate. Um, and, you know, her her uh, daughter works for France 24, which is, you know, effectively France's BBC uh, and all that implies. And not only that, but she is the head of the White House International Press Corps. So, you know, and yes, the the president just so happened to be in the US while all of this unrest was kicking off and, you know, posted videos of herself standing in front of the Statue of Liberty talking about how she opposed this legislation, of course, you know, in a country that has very well established foreign agent laws of its own. Um, and yeah, I mean, that that that's a very bizarre, that, I, mean, that, I mean, this is just a kind of farcical aspect to this, but another, um, may, you know, truly ludicrous um, uh, uh, feature is that on top of US officials condemning this this, this law in the, in the most kind of menacing, ferocious terms imaginable. The EU got involved as well. And so there was Joseph Borrell and all these other, um, you know, uh, pen pushers who were saying that, oh, and if Georgia, you know, adopts this, uh, it will be in, in stark contravention of the of EU values of liberty and democracy and free blah 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 blah. Um, pretty much the second the Georgian government announced that they were shelving this law, the EU announced that it was going to pursue foreign agent legislation uh, that was almost identical <laughs> and would require e- organisations in the EU to disclose if they receive funding from um, you know elsewhere in, in the world. And and um, and you know they were they were specifically. Uh, under the, under this legislation, specifically organisations like Transparency International would have to register as foreign agents. I mean, that's how you know, wide ranging and sweeping um, it, it would be. So, you know, we've gone from, oh, you can't join the EU if you force NGOs to disclose their foreign funding to, oh, well, we're going to do it and you're going to have to implement this yourself if you're a member. Right. I mean, it's just, it's, it's absolutely ludicrous. Well, and the proponents of the bill said that they were basing it on the American Foreign Agents Registration Act of 1938, which they had apparently yes. read because they knew that it was passed the same year as that horrible gun control law and everything. So, um, you know, they knew it was the time with that. And, of course, it, probably virtually every sovereign nation on the planet has a Foreign Agents Registration Act. Or it. the American position is it absolutely must be legal for every national sovereign government on the planet to allow other national sovereign governments to spend unlimited amounts of money intervening yeah. in their politics. Really? Yeah. I mean, I, th- and I think that this is, this is uh, some, something to bear in mind is that, um, you know, like Georgia is, remains, you know, a very poor country um, in, 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 you know, in, in international terms. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, a, a tiny, even a few thousand dollars, would go, you know, a very, very, very long way. I mean, that would be, you know, many orders of magnitude in excess of their, you know, average, you know, monthly wage. Um, and so, uh, you know, the, in in these circuit, if you were to, you know, flip this proportionally to the U.S. So, for instance, you know, the this, the NED, USAID, and and the State Department, and, and probably the CIA and and, uh, and and other U.S. government agencies too, spend around 40 million that we know of to try and get rid of Milosevic. Um, and then, you know, at this time, the average wage in Yugoslavia, as it then was, was about $30 a month. Now, 
if this was yeah so so i mean so you know regime change um soldiers were very easily recruited indeed um but then if this was in reverse this would be equivalent to belgrade spending several billion to influence the outcome of a u.s election now not only would that be not tolerated for a second by i mean you know i mean quite rightly by any american citizen it would also be completely illegal under u.s law um you know the 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 um the activities of the ned would not be allowed um, on U.S. soil, and in they, people would face, you know, criminal and civil penalties. For, hey, Kit Clarenberg, man, I'm witness to just in the last week, Congress demanding to Matt Taibbi, oh, you deny that they intervened by buying some Facebook and Twitter ads, most of which mm. were after the election and most of which had nothing to do with politics and was all a hoax and the Internet region... Uh, and the Internet Research Perception. Agency was always just a clickbait farm and wasn't Russian intelligence anyway and whatever. And this supposedly discredited Matt Taibbi because he's unwilling to toe the line on this complete nonsense. And that was supposed to amount to a Russian coup d'etat, an overthrow of the American government and installation of Donald Trump in power. Imagine if they had actually intervened, what the reaction would have been. If it wasn't all just a giant hoax perpetrated by the Democrats and the secret police and their allies in the media, of course, um, of course. And look, I want to get back to um, something that you said there earlier. It's in the article, too. And I wrote about this in the book already that. This whole thing, as you mentioned about agency there, you can name any of 50 coups America's done in the last, you know, 75 years since the end of World War Two. In every case, there are actual humans in the country who are the beneficiaries of the coup. Obviously, they all appreciate it. But the point is, they wouldn't have got the power if America hadn't intervened and handed it to them. So this whole thing about, oh, you're denying their agency. Yeah, just like in the Orange Revolution, when America's guy lost. And then they just canceled the election and held another one and made sure that America's guy won. What does the agency of the sock puppets in the crowd have to do with that other than they play their useful role with their little orange flag, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think that, the, I mean, there were several points to make there. I think, you know, number one, uh, the same people who cry, um, uh, uh, who make appeals to people's agency. See, when there's an NED coup abroad, I mean, are the same people who literally thought that a buff Bernie meme had, um, you know, successfully manipulated people to vote for Donald Trump. Exactly. Um, you know, I mean, as, as peddled by the, the Internet Research Agency, um, you know, apparently people don't have agency when, yes, things that they don't like. Um, occur in, in domestic politics in the US and Britain. But I think that also as well is, that it, I mean, in ter- I mean, if you want to talk about agency, uh, you know, I, where I am now in Serbia, I mean, it remains, you know, a poor country where wages are pretty terrible. Um, and the, you know, the cost of living is is, is rising constantly due to, you know, uh, European wide sanctions on, on Russia. I mean, Serbia's are not, not past them yet, but they're being pressured every single day to do so. I mean, um, and so, um, you know, in that context, actually, yes, as I mentioned, you know, recruiting regime change activists is actually very easy and often it's unwitting. So I know people out here who have in the past much of their, you know, shame and regret worked for NED funded, you know, rights groups or even media outlets because you know they're one of the biggest employers here still and you know in that context when you are part of their network you will receive emails or you'll be part of some you know whatsapp group where you'll be you know other uh, you know uh, uh, other people working for 
any Orgs of, of every stripe will receive this too. And you'll be asked by head office or, you know, someone like Samantha Power to, oh, you know, it'd be really great if you went along to this protest or, you know, it'd be really great if you could tweet about this awful thing that's happening. And, you know, it seems relatively innocent on paper, but like in reality, this is creating, you know, this created an artificial ecosystem of voices who are all you know, pushing in the same direction and giving the appearance that there is this, um, you know, uh, civil society wide unanimity um, or in, you know, like the, on you know, particular issues of interest to the US when, you know, it, it's either niche or people don't care. And I think there is a very, and, and, and you know, I, 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 Serbia, like Georgia, is being subject to, as I say, enormous pressure to take an anti-Russian line, which, you know, the overwhelming majority of the public, not least due to, to Russia intervening to prevent um, in the, um, uh, the NATO uh, Yugoslav war in 2000 uh, and intervening to prevent the K the kind of Western backed terrorist group, the KLA and NATO forces from pushing past uh, pre-agreed lines in, in, into more of Serbia, which they were trying to do. Um, it, 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 they are being, the, the population would never ever accept this, uh, but yet the government is being buffeted and being threatened with with sanctions directly and indirectly by the, U the, e the EU and, and, and the US. Now, last September, there was um, a bit of a kerfuffle because the Belgrade City Council received an application from um, a, a, a European pride organization uh, to hold an event in the city. This was originally overruled by the city council. Um, and then the organizers, because they're EU back, just went ahead and did it anyway. Um, this created quite a lot of anger, not because there was a pride parade happening, but because their government had literally been overruled from overseas. And, you know, I mean, you know, Serbs in general are, are find it very annoying living in a country where, where they feel they have no power and that they're, you know, that they're really controlled from, you know, Brussels and Washington. Yeah. So there was um, th th there was some, uh, you know, strife in the street. There was, you know, a bit of upheaval, but it was very mild, despite the fact that there was, you know, a lot of anger. And in my the, the, the kind of circles that I move in, here, there are a lot of people who would have you know, one way or another voiced their displeasure with their government being overruled. But they decided to, you know, just um, uh, to, to let it go because they know that the slightest bit of internal internal strife can be weaponized against them, can be used to justify, you know, um, hostile measures. Um, or indeed, you know, outright intervention one way or another, you know, and, and so they're, they're choosing the hills that they die on very, very carefully. Quite clearly, this isn't the case in Georgia for, you know, the um, you know, all, all, all of the uh, free agent, free agency wielding um, NGOs funded so lavishly by um, by by the NED and, and USAID and others. But I mean, I think that that's but th that that perspective is probably shared by Georgian Dream because, you know, war with Russia would be absolutely catastrophic for them. Um, but you know the people who the who the U.S. is backing probably figure they have nothing to lose and everything to gain from it from, from it taking place. Yep. All right. Hey, listen. Um, real short on time here, but one last question, real quick, if you can. Was there any indication that you saw at all, or even an argument made as to how this law was a Russian law? Because all the media said that, and I guess the protesters were saying that. But I never saw in any news report even an explanation as to why I was supposed to believe that other than the Americans thought that if their paid groups were somehow limited, that that would benefit Russia. 
Well, I mean, the, 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 the most ludicrous aspect of this is it would apply to Russian funded organizations of which there are, you know, very few. Yeah. Um, uh, and it would, you know, allow, I mean, you know, for people who are virulently opposed to Russia and Georgia, they would, I mean, you would imagine that they would welcome this. Uh, I mean, you know, it, it would, of course, detonate the notion that Russia, you know, that Russia wields all of this, all, all of all of this insidious influence over their over their politics. But I mean, yeah, the, 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 this the, the critics charge that this is modelled on Russia's foreign agent law. Now, it does seem that that um, the, you know this legislation has in in Russia been used quite arbitrarily, and it's led to you know people who teach French being branded um, uh, uh, foreign agents and being subject to harassment by by authorities. I mean that's been reported. Whether it's true or not, we don't know. But I, I would say just in general that the I, you know Russia was the very first country to to ban NED, and it was I think that was when there was a major shift in the way that the media reports on this stuff because you know you can't have uh, you can't admit that what this evil government is saying a uh, a US government agency does. Uh, you can't admit that that's what it actually does anymore. And you know, I mean, there is so much in the in the public domain, it, you know, very much indicating that you know that the NED is a CIA front and serves to destabilize governments. Um, yeah, that all needs to be memory hold now. I mean, it's quite a remarkable turnaround. And I think yes, that in, in that context, you need to frame. Any crackdown on foreign influence is somehow, you know, an attack on civil society and you know dr- draconian authoritarianism and you know despotism unchained. But you know the reality is is that Russia led the way on this. More countries are following. Uh, Venezuela, Iran, China have all taken measures to limit the act or even just outright ban the activities of NED in their soul. They're setting an international example, as they are in many other matters. Um, and Washington hates it. So of course this needs to be demonized. So anyone following this example can be demonized on those grounds as well. Yeah. Okay, great, man. Well, thank you so much for your time on the show, Kit. Really great article, really great interview. Appreciate you. Yeah, cheers, Kurt. Take care, mate. All right, you guys, that's Kit Clarenberg. He's at mintpressnews.com. And this is a really good one. It has lots of background on, um, you know, uh, Ukraine previously, Georgia previously, um, the overthrow even of Milosevic in 2000 and the bulldozer revolution. Lots of good stuff in here. It's called Dare Call It a Coup? CIA Front Threatens Color Revolution in Georgia. The Scott Horton Show and Anti-War Radio can be heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA. APSradio.com Antiwar.com Scotthorton.org and LibertarianInstitute.org